Everybody, another week closer to the draft. Another week of the Jets Dream Podcast. Jonah Schwartz, Willie Colon, ready to talk all things Jets as we get ready to go. It's like a low week. It's yeah. a little bit of a low week here. Yeah, but it's the buildup. It's all about the buildup right now. It is all about the buildup. And speaking of buildup, uh, Ralph Vacchiano will be coming our way. Our SMY NFL insider has his latest mock draft. He will uh, break it down for us uh, in just a little bit. And also, uh, plenty to talk about with Jim Moore. I had to say yeah. about Josh Rosen. Jets made a couple of moves. Um, so there's a lot to get to. We'll grade Mike McCagnin's first three drafts. And just before we get going, let me remind you, listen to the Jetstream every Every week from now until the draft by subscribing to the show in the iPhone podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for the Jetstream, find our logo and hit subscribe. Please make sure to rate and review the show. So I want to begin. I want, let me give you a thought. What did, before we get into the exact thing Jim Morris said yep. about Josh Rosen, what do you think of college coaches talking about their players publicly as they get ready to enter the draft? Because that's a big story this week. Well, you always hope it's never personal, that any critique they give is always for the best benefit of the player at hand. All right. How, how often, though, is it personal? It's, sometimes it's a, it is personal, depending on how the relationship has uh, transpired through the years. But I also think in reference to not only head coaches but to strength coaches, it, I think if you're going to critique a guy, critique a guy on his resume, what he's done. Um, obviously, when guys or scouts or GMs going to people's coaches' offices, they, they, they've seen the tape. They know what the kid can and cannot do. They want to know what type of character, you know, what kind of type of character does the guy have. So in that regard, um, there is a fine line. Uh, you, you know, you always, if a kid has dedicated his life into making it to the pros, you hopefully that the coach understands that is going to be very protective of the kid and, uh, and kind of gives honest, give, you know, somewhat of an honest insight but also is, is talking in, in the best interest of him and right. not the best interest of, well, you know, he gave up on me, th- you know, two games at the end of the season. He's not the guy. Like, there's, there's rhymes and reasons for everything. Right. Uh, so um, it's tough. I, I've seen it both ways. I've seen strength coaches really dog guys out. Um, and I've also seen coaches kind of jump on a sword for guys who probably didn't deserve it. What was your experience? I mean, you had Kyle Flood as your offensive line coach, and, and he's one of the all-time great guys. Yeah, I had Flood uh, my, my first. He was, he was at the office line. He was with Hofstra with me. Um, but I, I think in my time in Hofstra, you know, it was, you know, I think for me, I always wanted my tape to talk more than uh, my and character. I think once you get a, you know, I was able to be captain of the team my senior year. Um, Joe Gardy. Uh, he thought highly of me, and I think for me, when you watch my tape, I, I felt like that should have, you know, maybe answered questions. Should have answered a lot of questions, even if it, if it, my class attendance wasn't as high as it should have been. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I understand. So uh, I, that's how I, that's how I was perceived it and be, and I was blessed to kind of. Uh, I had good reports. Look at that. You, you had class attendance issues. You see, I didn't uh, have that. Bit. I didn't have that. See, now, I, I had a feeling <laughs> that that's the way our personalities would lay out right about that. Exactly. Uh, as, as I, uh, what can I tell you? I went to class. What I, I didn't have any football ability to fall back on. Yeah. Well, I knew I didn't go to Hofstra for my, uh, my grades. So, I think I made a business decision. Well, it's funny because I didn't go to Hobart and Syracuse for my football ability. So <laughs> there you go. We worked out well. Exactly. Uh, and here we are. Let's get to the comments themselves. Uh, here's Jim. Mora uh, on Josh Rosen to MMQB.com with Peter King. Uh, quote, he needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. He's a millennial. 
He wants to know why. Millennials, once they know why, they're good. Josh has a lot of interest in life. If you can hold his concentration level and focus only on football for a few years, he will set the world on fire. He has so much ability, and he's a really good kid. End quote. Now, it's funny because we picked it apart, and I've jumped on Jim Moore for this on Daily News Live this week and we're talking to you, and now I'm about to do it here. Yeah. But the actual, there's a lot of compliments in there. But it bothers me because he is feeding into a narrative that's already there about this kid. Sure. And he's stoking it. Sure. And so what bothers me is I think Jim Moore is, A, just been fired, and again, and uh, is looking to be relevant, wants to stay in the mix for media jobs, and is also creating an alibi for himself in some way of why he didn't win more with the kid. Sure. Great point. But how do you, how do you take it? I, I think it's... It, there's a, it, it's a million different ways you can dissect it. I also think he's being extremely honest. He comes from, he's a man who's been around the league and in college sports, comes from a football family, has spent time with Josh Ro, uh, Rosen, uh, knows him intimately, intimately. So I think these comments are coming from a place, um, Valley, you can question why now, why not after the draft? That's a fair question. But I also feel like, hey, he, I think he, in this regard, he's talking about fit. And I, that's something I, I understand because being having spent my time with the Steelers, I know that some of the most talented guys wouldn't fit well in our locker room from a, from a lot of different reasons. And I also know what makes a Patriot doesn't make a Jet, and right. what makes a Seattle Seahawk doesn't make a Bear. Like there, there's a molds. And I think what he's to, and how I perceived it, he's talking about fits. And I think he's a listen. Sam Darnold, great fit uh, for Cleveland. You know, he, and I know when you see that, it, your, your light goes up and goes, well, maybe he's just tougher. No, I think Rosen, I think Rosen in his regard is saying, listen, you put him with a great quarterback coach, you put him in a system where he's going to have the protection, he can be great for you. But if he's a kid who seems to be, uh, you know, if he's not, if he has to know why all the time or maybe there's not the right pieces around him, you may not get the best out of him. I don't think that's a bad way of going about it. I think if you're a GM, you should want to know that yeah. because you know your team. So if you feel like you have an offensive line, a couple of pieces, and this one young kid can get you over the top and he has everything in front of him, why not? But unless you got a, a, another kid like Darnold who says all the right things, who's willing to show how tough he is, he is and kind of be that, uh, that heroic figure, then maybe he is for you. I, I, I'm for, like, at this point, we're labeling these guys as franchise changers. Yeah. You have to know right. if the kid you're about to draft to take care of your franchise for the next 10 years is the ultimate fit. And I think he's just great, giving great insight on that. You know, it's interesting because on the one hand, I hear what you're saying. But on the other hand, I sit there and I go, well, he took his rival quarterback and said yeah. that he would be better fit for Cleveland because he's more blue-collar. And, and, boy, what is that doesn't reflect well on the guy he had. And – you know, also at the same time, I'm, I'm looking at Josh Rosen and I'm going, you know, he didn't just say, you know, he said Josh Rosen would be a great fit for New York after he said Sam Darnold should go to Cleveland. Right. He didn't just say Josh Rosen would be a great fit for New York. There's always a qualifier. And I'm wondering about what's the problem. And, and he, listen, Jim Moore is not a dumb guy. At all. He knows he's feeding Correct. into the narrative about Josh Rosen. He's feeding into all the negatives. If there are any negatives someone has, well, this is it. Well, the negative, if it is a negative, right. he, he comes from a rich family. Right. Uh, do you question his motivation? By the way, I wish that had been my negative. 100%. In life. It 100%. sure wasn't. So yeah. my point is, you can't knock a guy because his family is well off. That's, right. That has nothing to do with him. If you're going to knock a guy, Question is, if, if you, are you questioning his worth ethic? Is, is he a good right. character guy? Right, or right. is he a guy who comes off as, 
I'm just doing this because I'm good at it. Because there are a lot of guys who I've played with. They've just done it because they've done it. They've done it because they listen, because I have nothing else to do and I'm good at football. They don't necessarily love this sport. And that, for me, right. speaks more value because there's too many guys I've played with who absolutely would kill, who do put their bodies to extreme measures to stay on the field. So it, it is, I take it as, a, I don't know, a form of disrespect. If a guy's like, listen, I just do it because I can make money at it and I don't want to sleep in my mom's house compared to a guy coming <laughs> off the street saying, like, listen, this is all I got. Right. It's either this or the, or, or the street. Those are two different worlds. So I think for Rosen, wherever he goes, he's going to have to prove that he's here for the cause. He's here for winning. Sure. And where his background, it is what it is. So you, when you hear the whole he needs to know why, he needs to be challenged, is that a good thing or a bad thing in your mind? Because, you know, on the one hand, you should say a player should just want to be into it no matter what. But you've been in these meetings. Yeah. Did you need to be challenged? Have you seen players who need to be challenged this way that Jim Moore is talking about? Is that yeah. a bad thing to need to be challenged and engaged by your coaching and this staff? And is, this, is, uh, this is funny because I was a guy who didn't know why. But I also was a guy who – if you talk to some coaches, I played dummy football, meaning just give him the order, he'll go. He right. doesn't need to know why. Right. All the, he just did his job. If you told him to kill, he would kill. Right. And that's a great thing. But then on the other side of a, of a quarterback, a great, a lot of great players that I've played with, they know the why in every play, why this didn't work in this play and why it did work. They can tell you that verbatim. You would tell me Nick Mangle And was Nick Mangle yeah. was great at that. Probably one of the smartest football players I've played in, in all of my career. He could tell you the why at every position and in every play in the playbook. That's what makes uh, potentially he will be a Hall of Fame center. Um, but every guy's different. And so for me, I was more of the, they, I was more of the attack dog. And Nick was more of the driver. He, right. you know, he did. He probably wasn't as gritty and, and as feisty as I was, but he played the game extremely well. He was extremely smart and he was cerebral. Mm -hmm. So it just all it, it it just fits differently for each outfits. And I think that's what Moore is trying to say. If you're going to put him with a team, make sure these things are lined up because that's what you're going to get the best out of them. If you put him, if you just throw him to a team that just needs a quarterback who's not motivated and, and, and talking to him about the why and everything he needs to do, right. then he may not do as well. Right. And I would think it's on a coach to figure out which buttons to push with everybody. Right. It shouldn't just be one way. Some guy needs to be challenged, challenge him. What's the big deal? But see, and this, and this is what we have to understand, in reference to the Jets, you do want Rosen. Because now you have a, a young coach, Jeremy Bates, who's going to be motivated to get the best out of him. So he's going to be in the trenches just with Josh Rosen. Right. He's going to be figuring everything he could to get the best out of his kid. In reference to uh, a coach who has had a Hall of Fame quarterback who necessarily say, hey, listen, kid, I just coached John Elway. Right. I don't need to explain things to you. Yeah, yeah. If it was good enough for John, it should be good enough for you. Right. Well, that does, that's not necessarily true. you you got to figure out how to get get the best out of guys. And if you don't have the coach who's willing to kind of get in that tussle, not even a tussle, but get in that conversation and be uh, inspired to motivate a kid, then that's not fair to the kid because, right. well, he's only getting drafted to where you picked him. Right, so, right, right. You're making the choice. Yeah. What do you make of this other stuff uh, as we roll through the, you know, what's going on with the quarterbacks that are going to go to the top of the draft? Baker Mayfield uh, comes out this week and says that he's keeping notes, if you will, mental notes on every criticism of him. Now, some people like this. They like to chip on the shoulder. He's motivated, and he will, you know, sort of show show his critics one day. Other people take it as well. That's a, I don't know if those rabbit ears will work in some places like New York. How did you take it? I saw it as a red flag. You saw it as a problem. I did see it as a problem. This is a city 
um, that is notoriously known for its media. We, uh, the New York media. And we're so nice. Of we're course. So, I don't understand We dress it. nice. Well, thank uh, you. Casually and dressed exactly. up and formally. But we're relentless, and New York media is unapologetic. Um, I beat writers or make their name for being neederless. Right. So they're they're not rooting for you. They're not rooting for you. Half the time, you right. have to earn it. Right. And I right. think if you're Baker Mayfield and you're already doing that without a team, and you, let's say you do get drafted by the Jets, and there's three or four beat writers that will, promise you, will say bad things about you and critique your game and who you are as a person and may sometimes go over the line, and you're at the end of your locker like, oh, I just checked Twitter, let me check this guy's name off, that means you're focused on the wrong things. Right. That's your job point. should only be, you should only be worried about being the best you can be for your team and winning football games. Because the media is going to say what it's going to say regardless. There's nothing, you can send a guy a bottle of champagne, you can send a guy flowers, He's still going to have to say whatever he needs to say because he has to sell papers. Right. There's some criticism. Right. And you hope it's all honest, and most of the time it is. I don't want my franchise guy, potentially, for the next five years to worry about everything that comes out, especially in this market. Okay. So you tell me, though, because you're a guy who played with the chip on the shoulder. You can this day, and I do this once a year when you're on a, right around the combine, <laughs> I make the mistake of forgetting that you did not get invited to the combine. I didn't. And I bring it up to you yeah. on the air, and you can tell – there's that little edge of they may. I know you think it's better off you didn't go because you, you tape was better for you. Right. But there's a little edge to you that's like, hey, they should have taken me and they should have invited me. I was better than those guys and I proved it. There's that part of you and I respect it. Right. You have that chip. You have a little bit of that Baker Mayfield, if you will, or he has a little of that Willie Colon chip on the shoulder. Where's the line where the chip of showing people is good? But you can be, but, but where does it cross over to being overly sensitive? Well, everybody wants to be invited to the party. Right. It, right. You, yeah. Everybody wants to invite, even if you don't want to go. You want that choice to say yes. you do. So yes. that's uh, that's where I came from. But in regards to uh, in, in what you're talking about, well, you like showing first round picks that you were better than them and everything else. My when I got to Pittsburgh, my only goal was to make sure the coaches and the powers to be, especially Russ Grimm, because he was a Hall, Hall of Famer. Yeah. He, he was one of the uh, original skins. Um, the hogs. The hogs. You know, it was important for me to n- let him know and Bill Cower and, and uh, Rooney's that this kid from Hofstra from the Bronx wasn't a mistake. Right. And I wanted to fit in. And this, was, and this was a team that had just won a Super Bowl. So Willie Colon was like, so what? You know, they didn't have to care about me. I had to make them care. And for me, every day I went to practice, I came in with the mentality, I'm not going home. So if I got to beat the coach up to the water boy to the guy in front of me, and I don't care where they come from, everybody's getting it. Yeah. And so that attitude and that type of mindset propelled my career, and I was able to go far. But for a young, a lot of guys, they use that type of chip as, as to be salty. I was not salty that I didn't go to the combine. I was salty because there was guys who went to bigger schools thought they were better than me. Yes, okay. And that's I where it. and I that's where I was frustrated with. So I understand. It was just about showing everybody they made the right pick and that you thought other people got picked over you for wrong reasons. Correct. And and that's so and that's and Baker Mayfield probably has some of that all over height. He's dealing with it right now. Yeah. There's so, nothing he can do. So that's good, but worrying about criticism is bad. Correct. From media. And I also think in Baker's regard. He's at home right now, or he's training wherever he's going through this process, visiting teams. Every day he looks on ESPN or whatever uh, whatever show that's on, they're talking about Darnold. They're talking about yes. Rosen. His name's not getting mentioned. Josh Allen's in there, but they, they label him a project, but Josh Allen. So me- mentally he's like, man, you know, right. sometimes bad press is good press. Right. And so you kind of wish this time three or four weeks before the draft, they're still questioning his character because at least he's on the radar. 
Now it seems like, well, we know what we got here. Let's just move on to these three because these are the guys we should be talking about. All right. Now, I understand that, you know, out of the two of us, you would be viewed as uh, certainly the bigger deal, the baller of the two of us. Not true. But I'd You're like to LeBron think, James of this I mean, world, right? No, no, no. But, <laughs> but I'd like to think that you and I together are enough of a draw to get our next guest to come 100%. join us live. 100%. But no, no, no. And he's a very big deal, and we love him. Our NFL insider here at SMY, Ralph Acchiato, couldn't get him in with us. It was raining. It was raining. It was had, raining. Uh, you, know, you weren't offered enough money. <laughs> Aside from that. I got to renegotiate the deal. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. All fair. And regardless, you're such a baller, Ralph. We're still thrilled to have you on. Thank you for joining us on the Jetstream Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, and let's get right to your mock draft. You have uh, your latest mock draft out on SMY.TV. Uh, who's going where? That is a good question because I've been wrestling with this for a long time and I'm probably going to change uh, a million times in the next couple of weeks. Right now we've basically got a million rumors out there. Uh, teams, as you know, are working on finalizing their draft board and sometimes they don't make these decisions right up until uh, you know, really a couple of days before the draft sometimes. But one thing I'm certain of, I, I really do believe this, is that the first overall pick – is going to be a quarterback. The Cleveland Browns <laughs> need one. And, you know, looking at the Giants and the Jets behind them and the Bills trying to trade up, I don't think they can wait all the way to number four. So I have them picking a quarterback. And uh, last time I had them going with Sam Darnold, but the new rumor of the day has them going with Josh Allen mm. of Wyoming, the guy the scouts love. So I put him number one uh, for this version of the mock draft. All right. And and so you think Cleveland will get over the fact that he's a project and just they like the measurables and they take him? Yeah. You know, I've yet to come across a scout that has anything really negative to say about the kid. It, it, the, the scouts literally drool over him. Well, I guess not literally. They really drool over him. And they, they really believe that uh, he has the highest upside, whether he ever gets there or not, remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, the size, the arm, the intangibles, uh, every scout loves him. All right, so what does this mean for the Jets and the, for the Giants and then the Jets? Well, for the Giants, you know, there's a lot of noise right now about them maybe taking uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, even after the Jason Pierre-Paul trade, maybe Bradley Chubb. I've said all along that, you know, if there's a quarterback there that they like, they're going to take a quarterback. They're, they're not crazy. They know that they have a 37-year-old quarterback in Eli Manning. Even if they love him and believe he has years left, as they say, you're probably only talking a couple of years, and you know if you have a chance to set your franchise up for the 10 years after that, you have to do it, and I think they know that. Uh, in this scenario, if Josh Allen is taken off the board and Sam Darnold is sitting there, uh, I think that's the quarterback that they love the most. That's the name I've heard the most for them consistently since the beginning of this process, and, and I just don't believe they would pass him up if he's still on the board. So he is my number two pick for the moment. All right, the Jets then. The Jets are 100% taking a quarterback. There, there's no doubt about that. We all know that. It doesn't take an expert to, <laughs> to figure that out. Yeah. Um, in this scenario, it, what's interesting about it is you get the two guys with the most questions, and Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield, questions about personality, questions about commitment to football, questions about how well they could handle New York. Uh, you know, if you had asked me a few weeks ago, I would have probably said, well, Josh Rosen, clearly uh, I had heard that they were not 100% sure of Baker Mayfield. 
after listening to Todd Bowles kind of glow about him at the NFL owners meetings, I've changed my mind because I think that some people believe that he might have the higher ceiling. Uh, maybe he's a little bit of a boomer bust type of pick, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people that think he can be a really good pro if he puts it all together. So in this, uh, you know, I've got Allen one, Arnold two. I'm going to give Baker Mayfield to the Jets at three. Wow, wow, that did, would be that interesting. Just so I'm clear, uh, did you say Baker Mayfield? I did say Baker Mayfield. Now, I'm not, uh, look, I've got time to change my mind here. Oh, <laughs> okay. about it. But it, it would be, uh, there's no way it's not a quarterback. So it would just be, do you like Mayfield or do you like Rosen better? I'm gathering you guys like Rosen better. Oh, yeah, a lot better. Yeah. yeah. You, you know me, I'm just scared about it all. But you Ralph, know that. There's been reports that uh, me and Jonas just talked about it. Uh, a guy who covers Jets and Giants, who's, who's in the trenches uh, in New York sports and media, you hear a quarterback who keeps receipts about all the bad things that are said about him. Uh, when you, what is your, how do you perceive that? Is this a guy who you say, you know what, he's out to get us, or, or, or are we out to get him because we feel like he's going to be the type of guy to call us out and make a muck of everything? You know, I, I never have gone into something like that if a guy who's got a reputation for being bad with the media or anything like that. I've never gone into it thinking I'm out to get him. Um, I might be a little more wary of him and, and kind of watch his responses. Um, you know, it's possible heading into New York, if, if the story's true, that he keeps a list of reporters who've done him wrong, that, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for him in the New York market. And I think that's legitimately one of the concerns I've heard from the Jets all along. You know, how well will he be able to handle New York? But some of that is also, you know, he's a kid. He played out in Oklahoma. Uh, he wasn't really sort of groomed for the New York stage. At some point, there's a learning curve for everybody. And, and you got to hope that somebody would get to him and say, look, you know, you can't be antagonistic. You can't look at this as the media is the enemy. There's a way to use them for your benefit and to make it easier for yourself. And uh, I would hope most of the reporters would look at it the same way. You know, they wouldn't look like they're out to get him. I'm sure there'll probably be a couple that would say, you know, let's let's try to break this kid. But you know, certainly not the good ones. The good ones, you know, will give him a chance. You know, let him let him define himself, not the rumors and the stories. So quickly, before we move on to your, your fourth and fifth picks, we'll go through your top five. I just want to get a sense from you because it was interesting. Todd Bowles influenced your change in the mock draft. Some people saw it as absolutely Todd Bowles glowed about this kid. Other people wondered if this was part of a smoke screen. As Bowles also went on to say there's seven guys that makes sense for them at three. I mean, I think Todd Bowles almost said there were 40 guys they could take at three. You should have said As that. you know how revealing yeah. Todd Bowles is. You were there, uh, Ralph. I, why do you – What? Well, how did you read it as not a smokescreen, the glowing remarks about Baker Mayfield? Well, it, it was a little bit more than, you know, just a passing reference. Um, my, I, I guess it's hard to tell because uh, I'll tell you in this business – I get lied to about the draft more than any other thing because everybody thinks they're outsmarting the next GM or scout. They think they're using the media to their advantage. And, you know, it, you, you take little bits that you hear and you, you run with it, and it, it's sort of understandable. Sometimes when somebody's trying to give a smokescreen, very often I've found it's not an extended one. It'll be a passing reference or something. When they go on and on, Sometimes it's hard to sustain that if you really don't like a guy. So I'm not saying that he sold me on them absolutely being the pick, uh, he, but he sold me on that he likes him more than I thought they did because I really went into the NFL meetings thinking they don't think he can handle New York, and I started to wonder. I, you know, maybe, maybe he does think he can handle New York better than I thought he did. Mm. All right, uh, who do you got going four to the Browns and then five? 
Well, you know, in that, if three quarterbacks go one, two, three, the, the Browns, to me, um, the no-brainer for them is Saquon Barkley. If they can pull off the double of whoever they think is the best quarterback in the draft and get a guy that a lot of people think is the best player in the draft, uh, it's just fantastic. You're a win no matter what they do the rest of the way. They're winners on draft day. So um, they'll probably think about Bradley Chubb there. I've heard Hugh Jackson I wasn't there to see it, but I heard that he also raved about the idea of pairing him with Miles Garrett. Mm. Um, but I, I think they won't be able to pass up uh, the electricity that Barkley would give their offense. And the Broncos at five. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I, you know, I put Josh Rosen there just because I can't see him slipping much farther. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know necessarily that the Broncos are going to want that pick. They, they do still have Paxton Lynch. They did bring Case Keenum in, although he's only really a stopgap for them. I think in this scenario, if if Josh Rosen or really any of the four quarterbacks are sitting there at five, people are going to be trying like crazy to trade up there. Um, And not to get over anybody necessarily, but just wary of who else is trying to move up. There's probably a bunch of teams. If you look at Arizona, they're going to want to move up. The Buffalo Bills are trying desperately and apparently dangling their two first-round picks uh, so they could be a candidate to, to move up to five. So I think Josh Rosen will go fifth or whatever quarterback is left over. I'm just not 100% sure it'll be the Broncos. I think they'll trade that pick in this scenario. Oh, you think they trade down at that point? All right, interesting stuff, Ralph. We appreciate it. We're following the uh, mock drafts. Uh, Every time one comes out, smy.tv, and we hope you come on with us uh, before the draft hits for your updated version uh, as we get closer and closer as the Jets once again, as they've been trying to do all my life, solve (laughs) the quarterback issue this may be the year jodas we've hoped we've said it every year maybe this is the one it hasn't hurt me at all you could tell hey ralph thanks so much we appreciate the time my pleasure guys see you soon all right our nfl uh insider ralph vacchiano uh so an interesting thing here that we should talk about is mike mccagnan's drafts as jets gm and uh because i think it informs a lot of, of where we're going here and he's a scout at heart and everything else the the results though have been sort of mixed and, and, and so uh, it might be kind, right? especially with 2015. So let's go through it uh, just for people who have forgotten. Uh, first round of 2015, Leonard Williams, everybody likes that. Second round, man. Is Can't a, find him. Yeah, Devin Smith. He's on the milk carton. The third round, Lorenzo Molden. Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, fourth round, Bryce Petty. Best of luck. Yeah, I mean, nice guy, but wish I never heard of him after I watched him play. Um, I hate to say that because he's a nice guy. Fifth round, Jarvis Harrison. Oy vey. Yeah, <laughs> didn't play a snap with the Jets. Currently in the CFL, sixth round, Deion Simon. And I got to tell you, McCagney made a big deal out of Deion Simon uh, and he that was first spotty. year. I was, big, I was high on Deion, too. Uh, I, my time with the Jets, I played, I played with him. Uh, but I thought he had a lot of upside. Um, sometimes I worry, worry about if the stage was too big for him, but the talent is there. He just didn't pan out. Right. And all right, he's a six-round pick. Six-round yeah. picks don't pan out. You live with that. Boy, second, third, and fourth. I mean, now Bryce Petty was a project, but yeah. still. Uh, Malden's been hurt, but even when he was in. Wasn't very effective. I mean, everybody kept talking about what an edge rusher he was going to be. Never saw it. Yeah. Never saw it. And Devin Smith's a disaster. That's uh, a disastrous second round Some of pick. that may not be his fault, but uh, some of it is. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard. Without I've, spilling too much tea. Yeah, no, I, and I've heard that. I've right. heard when you had the injury is not his fault, but right. I've heard he didn't do himself any favors with how he handled himself. Correct. Whether that's fair or not, who knows. 2016 was better uh, in many respects. Yep. Uh, first round was Darren Lee. 
Second round wasn't better. Christian Hackenberg, that was the biggest enigma in Jets history. Oh, my goodness. That's continuing this run of second round <laughs> picks where nobody was ever good. Right. Uh, I think it started Vlad Dukas. I mean, that was, think about it. That run of second round picks, you had to go back to David Harris mm. for the last one that was good. And you forget. That's what you should be getting. Yep. A guy who plays and is a stalwart of your franchise of for years. They should have got themselves a tight end or a pass rusher. Anybody who's going to play. Correct. I would have taken anybody. You could have given me a punter in retrospect. Amen. And I wouldn't have been like it at that time. Anybody would have been better than that. Um, third round, Jordan Jenkins. Uh, and that's a guy I'll give – listen, I give more time to. And to me, he plays. He's, he's solid. He's a better year this year for me. I don't – I don't, Three sacks is not enough. Um, he says all the right things. He sounds like he's a motivator. But at this point, they're seriously desperate in finding an edge rusher. He's, a, he's only drafted for that uh, particular cause. Yeah. He's going to have to have a big impact this year. See, now, I go a little lighter on him because, uh, to me, he started 15 games and is solid. Yep. Uh, I hear your points. He's not a, The pass rushing hasn't been there. Right. Uh, I, I think when they, you know, it's funny when they uh, they had that draft. We all assumed Lee was going to be the guy doing the blitzing, yeah. and that uh, and, and Jenkins would be playing more inside. It sort of reversed itself. Yeah. Um, but I give a pass because he plays it as solid. Justin Barris, I don't give a pass to. He has played in 30 of 32 games. Um, there was hope that he's big cornerback. Todd Bowles like that. Boy, every time he's in a game, I see him missing a big tackle. Um, I'm going to be a little more kind to him. I think, uh, to your point, he does miss a lot of tackles, but I also think he's a kid with the with better talent around him. He's going to excel. Okay. Uh, so that's why I think the addition of Tremaine Johnson, you have the safety. All right. All uh, right. You have Claiborne. You put him in a mix. Uh, I think he's going to step his game up, so I'm optimistic about I, it. I hope you're right. Every time there's a 60-yard run against the Jets, normally I see, uh, you know, Justin Burris getting up right. for missing the first tackle. Um, fifth round, Brandon Shell for a fifth-round pick. Not bad. Solid. Kid's got skills. Yeah, he's getting better. Seventh-round pick, Lachlan Edwards. Now, last year was very good. Seventh-round pick, that's what you want. Right. And listen, the thing about Edwards, it's not a matter of his potential. Right. Uh, it's about how can he needs to be more consistent. There's right. games where he 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 punched the hell out the ball. Then there's times where you're like, man, what's going on with this kid? So right. he's got to be more consistent. Sean Peak, uh, seventh round, flashes 2016 uh, on IR, most of last year. Again, seventh round pick, no big deal. And by the way, Robbie Anderson was an undrafted free agent True. that year. True. And that is, uh, despite the problems off the field, which got better uh, as we're taping this on Tuesday. It got better with the fact that some of the felony charges yes. were dropped today. But either way, talent-wise, Robbie was a real find. Right. So you group that in. 2017, nice draft. Um, everybody thinks Jamal Adams is great. Franchise changer. Marcus May breaking that long run of the second-round picks not working out. Really seems like a guy who's not just going to be solid but could star in this league. Uh, not only be a star, but one thing I love about him, he's uh, – doesn't say a whole lot, but he's one of those guys that his tape, you put on and you go, wow. Yeah, okay. right. And I like that because Jamal is a little more, more of a Hollywood personality, but he backs it up. And, uh, and I don't want to discredit him, but Jam uh, I think Marcus is a great compliment to Jamal. Right, he's and quieter. He's quieter, but just you tell when you need a play or you need a big hit, he's the one leading, leading the charge. Uh, third round, Ardarius Stewart. Now, that, that pick, there's hope for, but I thought I was hoping to see more last year. Yeah, I like him. He, I think they need to lean on him more in a special teams game. But I'm not, and this is a kid who played with a battered shoulder too. Yeah. Uh, but played through it. I know. I like. I actually like Stewart a lot. Chad Hansen, fourth round pick. You saw glimpses last year. He's got some playing time he, and made some plays. He reminds me of a very athletic Eric Decker. Yeah. Um, he could be. See, he's he scares me because he's the type of kid. If the Jets don't find a way for him, he'll land up in New England to be a stud. Yeah. 
He has all those. Yeah, he has right. New England written all over him. You're right. Um, and he's just a hard worker. Every time he's out there, he's effective. So I hope the Jets uh, find a way to give him the ball more. All right, Jordan Leggett. Uh, now, Leggett, they have a lot of high hopes for this year with uh, Austin Farron Jenkins going. And even with Clive Walford signed this week, most people think they're going to give Leggett a chance to start. They have to. But we didn't see it last year. Well, Because he, he was hurt. He, he was, was hurt. hurt. And then you Listen, the biggest knock on this kid coming in was, you know, he came from Clemson. Uh, valid, there was speculation that he wasn't too big on blocking. Right. Uh, but now you look at what Austin Safarian Jenkins did this past year, who did a better job in the run game and also caught some – he was a big threat in the end zone. He's going to have to kind of take that torch and run with it, and hopefully he can. Uh, Dylan Donahue, the fifth-round pick, that has turned out at this point to have been a disaster. Correct. Uh, I mean, didn't make too much on the field, uh, got hurt. Well, the play he got hurt, he tried to blindside Paul Plusnowski. Yeah, Plusnowski, yes. Yeah, and then ended up hurting himself. Yes. But you, so, which is like, wow. Let, let me tell you, when you get to watch, I want to share this with everybody. <laughs> when you get to watch these games, as I am lucky enough to do with Willie and Ray, right. their reaction to physical plays is fantastic. <laughs> and your reaction to that play was like sort of, it was it was a combination of awe and shame. Well, there's the old saying, uh, be the hammer, not the nail. <laughs> yes. And in that case, he tried to be the hammer, ended up the nail. A, a broken nail. So, a, a, yeah. A, yeah, broken nail, right. right, which is really my role in life, <laughs> not his. Um, but what's made this worse is the off-the-field stuff. And obviously, he's got an issue. And he, yeah. uh, listen, credit, he's going to try and get help now. But it, And credit to Jets for not giving up on him. And I think that's, all a, fair. I think that's kind of... I, I like the way the league is kind of turning. Instead of saying, hey, this kid is an issue, he made this big splash in the news, invest in the human being, right. and the human being will kind of grow into be a better man, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do. But all that being said, didn't do much on the field, uh, has two DUIs, and he's driving the wrong way in the Lincoln Tunnel. Not that's as start. bad as it gets for a fifth-round pick. Especially in the city. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sixth-round pick, uh, Jeremy Clark, uh, on six with three six-rounders. Eli McGuire. Love him. That's as good as a six-round pick you're generally going to find. Not named Tom Brady. Yep. That's as good of a six-round pick you're going to find. He has a lot of flash and dash, like a Curtis Martin, similar running styles. But uh, I think the fact that him and Bilal are in the backfield or could potentially be in the backfield together, uh, I think they complement each other. Uh, they like each other. And I think he's a kid that you say, you know what, if you draft right, this is what you get. So right. they, they hit a home run with him. Uh, Jeremy Clark, Derek Jones, not much there yep. at this point with those guys. Overall, as we get ready to wrap up here, what's your grade and how you would react? What's your reaction as we've gone through the list of the drafts from McCagnan? Uh, B minus. Uh, I think that for me, what saved him was obviously Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Uh, I think Valet Lennon Williams is still effective. You've got to find them help. They're right. going to be redundant in saying that. But I think at this point, one thing the Jets are lacking compared to Philly, KC, Oakland is depth and talent. Yeah. So, Valet, you know what you want to get in the first and second rounds. Your three to four, five, six guys have to be your, your, your tool belt guys who are yes. gonna, and hard hat guys. you got to really invest and find quality, high-character, blue-collar guys to right. come, in this, come into your organization who only care about full, uh, football. The reason why Villanova – Won the national championship and not Duke and not North Carolina because the kids in Villanova only care about the culture and they're invested in Villanova basketball. We got to get kids like that who are invested in the Jets and making the Jets a better outfit from top to bottom. And you find those guys, three, four, five, six. Right. 
Well, it's interesting. They actually found one of them as the first-round pick last year in Jamal Adams, yeah, who bought all in. And I love him. I right. love everything about Jamal Adams. No, I know it. But you're right. The bulk of your team, the core of your team, the, the bones of your team yep. are built up in those mid-round picks, which is why the Jets, to some degree, are where they are now. 100%. Because they've struggled uh, with, with all of that. Um, so, you know, listen, it'll be interesting. The one thing I, I want to say about – McCagney in the drafts here. And I think sometimes, and me as a media member, uh, I'm guilty of this as much as anybody. We jump on guys immediately. You know, Mike McCagney was new to being a GM, too. If you're going to bring somebody in as a, in a new position, you have to give them time to grow. Yes. Um, I Even think with Todd Bowles. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it stands for his free agent signings, which initially, you know, worked for a year and then fell apart. And I thought he did a better job of being more cautious with it this offseason sure. and more targeted with it. And I think that's the same with his drafts. And we saw he had a better draft last year. And I think we're always, you know, quick to go, if it didn't work, get rid of him, get somebody else in. You you know, this is a big draft for him, and I think we all agree on this. Make a break. If this doesn't work, if that third pick, forget the draft, the third pick doesn't work, there's a whole overhaul going on there in Florham Park. I I think not even if the third pick doesn't work, you you have to now – see a Charmin and figure it out if the Jets are cursed. I mean, that's just an honest statement. Well, you know I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. Won't be new to me. Uh, All right, well, it sounds good. Uh, Next week, we we come right back again. We're with you every week uh, through the draft. Uh, We'll see what develops as, uh, you know, now guys are going to be brought in for personal workouts and everything else. So, we'll we'll see how this goes. And, you know, maybe next week we'll have you detail, you know, what these teams are looking for in these workouts and everything else. So, that's all good stuff. Uh, uh, Listen, of course, to the Jetstream every week from now until the draft. Subscribe to the show, iPhone podcast app, wherever you listen to your podcast. Search for the Jetstream. Find our logo. Hit subscribe. Make sure you rate and review the show. Good stuff as always, my friend. Get up. All right. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good one.